Well, hello, it's Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Saturday afternoon it is. Early evening, I suppose. Time is getting funny. This current time of ours, this current time that's been going on for a smidge over three years now. A weird time it is. A few years leading up to it, getting, getting weird. It got really weird over the last little bit. Very surreal. My personal motivations for doing this podcast are really my own personal catharsis. If it get, helps people, kind of helps them kind of process it, that's good too. It kind of helps me just to vent, you know, and kind of, because it's, it's weird, it's off, you know. Um, it, it's not just the Trump thing and what he is, but it's all that he brought with him, you know. And the the mass w- willingness to go along with it, like like what's that all about? Like where does this come from? You know, how how do you steer people away from such things? Isn't there a way? Because yeah. uh, I don't know. Some people interpret certain messages in a different way, I guess. But uh, you know. Because I was going to church as a kid, like during the 80s, the 1980s, like during Trump's kind of heyday, um, I kind of knew that, that he was like not good. And, and the most like basic kind of primitive childish view of adults, you know, kind of processing the world and there's a lot of adults you kind of see around. Behaving in a wide variety of different ways. It's all different types of people. You know, like some kid I really noticed, picked up on that pretty early. You know. There's good people and bad people and a whole lot of people in between. But there's some people that are just kind of like clearly bad. Kind of like overtly bad. And then there's people that are bad in kind of a, a different kind of way. Like there's people that were bad because they did like really violent things. You know, it's disturbingly violent and stuff, and it's that's been you know a part of our history since the beginning of this country. It's been a long. What there's been whole books written about that. Trump didn't quite fall into that category. He was kind of a different, you know, like the the obvious villain. You know, if you read comic books at all and stuff, you know, there's the hero and there's the villain, the protagonist, the antagonist. The one, the antagonist, the one that's preventing the protagonist, the hero of the movie, or for whatever, the one the audience is kind of rooting for, from achieving their goal, you know. Donald Trump is the antagonist. He's kind of the antagonist to the worker. He's kind of the antagonist to the common man, you know. He's, you know, the business villain, you know. Now, I was able to formulate that as a pretty young kid, just not in that words I like to write, so I'm more poetic or whatever, more lyrical about how I describe my thoughts as a kid on Donald Trump. But as a kid, you know, I knew in the most, like, simplest 
way of thinking about it that he that he wasn't good. So then it became like a, th a, a curiosity of trying to understand the why, because he was on the news even when I was real little. You know, why? You know, why are we hearing about him on the news? Why is because my parents were divorced, and you know my mom remarried. It didn't make the news, you know. But we we also weren't wealthy. You know, we were living in a trailer park at the time. So we weren't worthy of being, you know, covered as news. But, you know, him, Donald Trump, cheating on his wife, uh, Ivanka Trump with uh, Marla Maples, and then cheating on Marla Maples with this other woman, and then cheating on his current wife with a porn star and a uh, Playboy centerfold. It was just kind of like, you know... I mean, I get. I understand if like tabloids want to cover that shit, you know, and TMZ and Entertainment Tonight and all that kind of thing. If, yeah, you know, he's just kind of a a non-specific celebrity. You know, he's, he's he's one of those wealthy people that doesn't really do anything. Just has a lot of money, and you know, like because he does, he they can just sort of decide to be famous and say, "I want people to know about me." And they, they, they just make themselves famous because they want to be. And that's just kind of how it goes. But for him, Trump, his genesis was even before I was born. You know, his genesis to fame. Uh, his uh, intro into the kind of national notoriety, infamy, was more apt for him for throughout the most of his career was uh, him and his father refused to rent to minorities. And those people, those potential tenants of those condominiums, uh, sued on behalf of the federal government. And then Donald Trump and his father settled out of court. But that kind of got his name in the newspapers, his racism. It was a blatantly overt act, a racist act. Blatantly. That, that's why they were sued. That, that, because Donald Trump's a racist, that he's been kind of trained to be a racist. He's kind of overt, pretty overt about it at times. But go back to the initial story, and that kind of explains it all about why sometimes he really leans in into the racism, because he, he was rewarded for it in a way back in the 1970s, but he was also punished for it too in a way. So he... He got kind of a mixed thing, so he, he was, you know, he learned a little bit, but he also learned a little bit. He, he learned that being racist is uh, bad for publicity, but that he can still be a racist and, and you know, and promote racist ideas and, and such. And so he has for... You know, many decades now. Now he's continued to do so as president. The wall is about racism. That, that, that's that. Yeah, that that's what it's about. Um. Yeah, that pretty pretty simple on that one. It, it's. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, we're being, we're being invaded by people. With brown skin speaking Spanish, trying to get a job. Uh, oh, oh, um, yeah. No, we don't. We don't really need to build the wall just because 
small group of people are racist. Yeah, the, the whole building the wall is about racism. I'm not racist, but we, we need to build a wall. Inability to understand the plight of others and unwillingness to understand where those people are coming from. Um, demagoguing, you know, just criminalizing them, villainizing them. The whole group of them. Unable to think of them each as an individual human being. Um, yeah, forming stereotypes in the whole mass of them in a very negative way, thinking that to the point that you're so fearful of them that you need to build a wall to keep them from coming into your country. It, yes, that is racism. I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you. Yes, yeah, the wall was about racism. It is about racism. That's what it's about. Okay, it's you can you can talk in circles and all kinds of logical there's some really smart people that went to really good colleges and stuff that are still racist but they're also really smart so they can kind of engage in these really weird kind of mental gymnastic tricks to kind of hey the wall's not racist yeah no it, it it's racist that it's that's what it's about that are you tired of leaving your dog because of an open border? Huh? You know, are you tired of losing your job because of an open border? What does that even mean? <laughs> you know, but if you're at a Trump rally, you'll hear people clap and cheer. They, they seem to understand that somehow. It clicks with them. You know, they, they got laid off from one of those, that great job a while back. And then later they heard that some Mexicans were working there or something. And they heard from they heard that from this guy on the one show that one time they were watching. And so it must be true or something. I, you know, I don't, you know, well, no, there really was like a caravan of criminals coming there. MI6, every single one of them, you know, they, and they'll believe it. You know, they just, they, they'll be emphatic. They'll dig in the hills. It's like, what the, you know. If you have a big enough mass of people, there's bound to be some people in there that aren't. But that's any mass of people. You know, take the protesters. You know, it's thousands of people marching, protesting. 98% of them are not doing anything wrong. But then there's this other group kind of near there that's like, you know, graffitiing building and causing damage and such and that that and those are american citizens so the vast majority of people that are trying to come here they're not really they're, in most cases they're trying to lay a keep a very low profile uh they're just trying to do their job a lot of times they already have family connections here um they're usually staying with family for a bit working saving maybe sending money some money back home to relatives back from in their homeland and, or saving the money to send send them back up. But they're, they're here working, and uh, they don't really ask for a lot. They just, you know, mostly just ask them not to get fucked with. You know, they, they don't want to be put in jail. You know, they just want to have a shot. And they're willing to work hard, you know, the vast majority of them. So, yeah, big, big huge groups of those people that coming up here from our southern border that are just willing to kind of work hard, um, integrate as best they can, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough to integrate if, if there's a language barrier and if, 
the people speaking the native language are, you know, hostile toward you just because you don't speak the native language. That would be probably discouraging. So, you know, sometimes there's some apprehension at fully integrating. But, um, you know, yeah, the vast majority of them, yeah, that's, that's been a lifeblood for us for a long, long time. The other thing, though, too, with the immigration thing is to ponder why so many people are needing to leave. Why are so many people so close, relatively, to the United States still buying this myth of the American dream? I mean, that's more my way of phrasing it. There's still, like, tens of thousands of people that are buying this idea that we're you know, the land of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that respects people, regardless of what your race, creed, national origin, gender, religion is. We profess those principles to the world, and we kind of are, we were, but it, it, it's so not, and clearly and obviously so what we are now, that you don't really hear us kind of chanting those kind of things as much now, because we're not really that. You know, the leader of our country is not a person that respects people regardless of their, you know, country of origin, their, their creed, their gender, their ethnicity, their race, their religion. He does not respect people regardless of those. You know, he has certain stereotypes that he has, certain small-mindedness, ignorance, views towards wide cross of the population. You know, Donald Trump is a, he's a you know, he, he's a pretty wretched person. You know, he just can't help but feel like pity for him. He's going to become, because he's quite famous now, you know, I mean, before he was, he, I mean, he was famous, but he wasn't like famous, famous. Become president of the United States, it's like a kind of a different level, you know. He, he was just kind of a D-list celebrity before, and he wasn't certainly wasn't going to go in the history books or anything, you know. Um, maybe an almanac or something. Um, back in the days when there was almanacs, Grammy used to always get an almanac every year. That was the uh, cool little source of all kinds of random bits of information pre-internet. But anyway, I mean, he would have. A name like his would appear on that, because in the almanac there'd just be all kinds of just names of people, and just some, some kind of real basic description of what they were known for. Donald Trump, real estate developer, years active, or whatever. And they would say, like, you know, the year they were born, and then if they're still alive, it'd just have a dash with an empty space. So he, in an almanac, he, he would have been one of those names. That's in the book. But in that big old almanac, going over all the vital names and stats and stuff, you know, there's some names that get a little bit more, you know, uh, coverage, if you will, in the almanac. Um, like John F. Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. You know, there's a little more detail on certain names like that and certain important historical figures. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, these people... Had, had more importance and weight historically. So in the almanac, there's, there's going to be a, like a, at least a little bit paragraph, a little bit more than just like, you know, real estate developer, years born, nearly died. 
But Donald Trump was, you know, prior to 2016, just one of those kind of names. You know, just one of those people that kind of was famous, that was in the spotlight. You know. But he certainly wasn't of any great historical importance. Now, the one thing about that list of names is there's, there's a lot of people that names pop out and they kind of, you know, you remember movies they did and stuff. But he would be one of those that's like, huh, real estate developer, what's that? Maybe he's looking through an old almanac. What does that mean? Kind of real estate developing. You know, what did he do? But might not not be that intrigued because there'll just be a list of names and it'll be one of the names listed. But there won't be any need to go into any you know further detail in the rest of the almanac, the big, big, big almanac with all kinds of vital bits of information about very important things. There would be no need prior to 2016 to go into any further explanation of who Donald Trump is because that's really all he was. He was just sort of a celebrity famous for being a real estate developer. That's what is his sort of official sort of why I am famous thing was. Suppose if I ever got that, it would be hopefully, I don't know, writer, commentator or something. I don't know. I doubt it would be anything to do with any athletic achievement, which was the goal as a kid. But I still try to keep in fairly decent fitness just because it makes me feel better. So usually a few hundred push-ups a day-ish helps kind of keep the strength good. And usually it's just a little bit of jogging or dancing around helps. So I don't know, some sort of... Like I was thinking about that earlier, like certain types of people that are famous that are sort of in the broad category of just entertainer because they they have, you know, multi-talented, you know, comedians and actors and singers and uh you know they can just talented musicians you know so well just kind of kind of do everything not really sure if that would ever be me but you know that was always that dream too but i never really um you know saw myself being much of a i didn't know what my any sort of musical type thing was but you know, so that's like if I was to ever become, it would, I would be probably another one of those sort of random ones where it would be just like sort of, you know, personality or something. I would just say, or maybe maybe even activist. They might consider me that. That'd be cool. I'd like that better. Progressive activist because I speak out on certain progressive issues. But for Donald Trump, prior to 2016, all it would have to say is real estate developer, and that would be probably sufficient as far as the historical context, because there's no need to... Prior to 2016, there wasn't really a need to know the historical background of Trump. You know, I I knew it just because I sort of absorb pop culture. You know, I just sort of have always... There's just so many different types of people and so many different ways to be and... As a kid, it was, you know, growing up in a military base. Everything's very structured and stuff. And, um, you know, you can see how certain personalities are kind of contained, you know, at certain times, especially among military people. You see that a lot, where they're, like, able to loosen up, and then when they have to kind of tighten up a bit, you know. 
and uh, when you're around military people a lot, you see that a lot. So you kind of see how, and then how they interact with each other when there's when they're not in uniform, and then invariably one or two of them will end up being in uniform, and then when they still feel inclined to act goofy, you know, <coughs> it's uh it's interesting. You know, you absorb all that all that stuff as a kid, so. You know, so I was just sort of, you know, whatever, intrigued, I guess is the word, of Trump. First time I was a little kid, and just kind of the, trying to understand the why, like why people wanted to hear about him and why they thought, you know, if they saw his name on a gold building, they would be like, ooh, yeah, like why him though? Like what, why... That's so confusing. Because I don't... Because there's no appeal. I mean, there was never any, like... It's just... It's just... Like... I don't get it. You know? I just don't get it. <laughs> and that was just him as, like, a celebrity. Like, people, like, being willing to buy his products and stuff. You know, his vodka, even though he doesn't drink. Spend money at his casino. That is not managed correctly and then you know because they're laundering money and stuff and then then she goes bankrupt you know paying for money at one of his condominiums that he owns you know because it has his name on it just, i didn't understand the appeal and um i was probably late teen years when i kind of maybe even early college years when i started formulating that um what trump represented is the different set of rules that applies for those born into the affluent class. Donald Trump was a colossal fuck-up. That's what he was famous for, you know, famous for being a racist, a womanizer, you know, a, a, just a poor manager of companies. With, a, you know, a, a couple mild successes here and there, he kind of helped renovate a nice skating rink in New York. And there was a hotel, like the Continental Hotel in New York, back in the early 80s. So a couple mild successes here. But then overall, just a lifetime of just kind of, you know, screwing over the person doing the work for him. Uh, criminal associations. Um, you know, dra draining small companies of their monies to, you know, fight court battles with him. You know, and then racism and sexism and just kind of arrogance and, yeah. He was just able to get away with more. He was born into the affluent class, so it didn't really matter how many times he failed. He was always going to be wealthy. And he was always going to be more wealthy than everyone you know that works, that's like the hardest working person you know. You know, he was always going to be more wealthy. It didn't matter. You know, the rules just didn't really apply to him. Um, but then there's that, and then there's the people believing that it was real, or, or believing that he was actually successful simply because he was born with a lot of money. It was very confusing. Why did people do such things? It's getting a little worked up. So... <clears throat> Not a spliff.
I find the spliffs, spliffs help me uh, chill out. Though, yeah, you rely on them too much to chill out, and then invariably there's points when there's no green, and then it's like, uh, damn it, there's no green. But, you know, a little more um, yeah, annoying, you know. It's not exactly like other things. But because of the spliff, there's tobacco in there, so. That's the one where you can get a little feisty if all of a sudden it just disappears for some reason. Devil tobacco. Mm, horrible substance. My dad smoked my whole life. Now he smokes cigars. He smoked Marlboro Reds when I was a kid. So every time I go visit my dad down in Oregon, that's what he would be smoking. Probably a good half a pack a day or so. And then uh, eventually he switched the cigars. I was always a runner, distance runner. I ran in high school and college. Ran for a good bit after college too, and I was probably around time getting divorced, started getting into tobacco. Don't, yeah, so running was lagging and then got into tobacco and then running has lagged quite a bit since. But there's been some, even since I picked up tobacco, I've still actually run some races. Obviously not as fast as the old days older now and I've been smoking tobacco for nearly 10 years now. Fuck time flies. I made it to fucking 30 years old without smoking tobacco on, on any sort of regular basis at all. I guess might be smoked a pack of cigarettes over the course of my entire college experience, seven years. And probably not even a full pack, probably, you know, because it would be like one random night smoke a cigarette. I was more into other things. I'm not going to go too deep into that territory right now, but anywho, college was fun. A little crazy. Wouldn't want to do it again, but, um, you know, good experience. I think the best part is meeting lots of cool people and, you know, people that, you know, there's many people I met that, you know, they were on their way to being and high working in government or FBI or military and stuff and, you know, business owners and highly successful people. And that was just in the few colleges that I interacted with and got to know. Because I was also in student government for a year, so I got to meet with other members of college student government, part of the Washington student lobby. So that was pretty fun, uh, I suppose. <laughs> I didn't do too well, like, sitting through that many meetings, because I was also in two different fraternities. And so, uh, sitting through that many meetings all the time, I get a little jumpy. Having to wear a... It was a little less formal, though, if I remember correctly. Washington Student Lobby, we didn't worry about having to dress in business professional and all that. But... Shit, where was I? Trump, yeah. Fucking Trump. Oh yeah, yeah. Prior to 2016, man. It's just this kind of teaser, but one that I'd just been kind of following, and like had it had this like kind of growing kind of annoyance towards because he was still like staying relevant. You know, even after six bankruptcies, you figured that would be like okay, that's it. He's done. But that was the worst part about when Donald Trump in the early 2000s got to become the host of his own game show. There wasn't anything that, like, 
justified his return or anything. He he didn't make a comeback. You know. He he was willing to play on his celebrity and be the host of a game show. That's it. And it should have been kind of a just a, a smulchy, stupid show, but it just hit at just the right time. 9-11 had happened. People needed kind of an escape, I think, or something. I don't know. Fuck. I don't I never really watched the show. I didn't I didn't I've never really liked Donald Trump and never found him entertaining. You know, it's just a fucking blowhard. You know, I, I, I never got it. But, you know, other people really loved it. It was a real hit show for a while. He, he made a lot of money. You know, by normal people's standards. I think he made, like, single-digit millions per year or something. Some of the reasons they canceled, though. Ratings were dipping, and I think he still wanted more money or something. I don't know. It was just so crazy, because all of a sudden he's just on this game show that he's hosting, and it's like saying that how you, how you could be a great business person like Donald Trump, and it's like, unless I remember he bankrupted a company, and there wasn't, there wasn't any rebirth, there wasn't any like, oh, here's the new thing I have that's awesome, and it's been done and completed, and here's all the people that, there was none of that. It was just, hey, now I'm the host of this, and you could be a great business person like me. It's like, what the fuck? It, I mean, it, it, there had been a few years that had passed, but it's not like it was ancient history. The, his most recent mark on society, for Donald Trump, was bankrupting yet, an, yet another company in a long line of big national failures of bankruptcy. Companies that he created that went bankrupt. And then just poof, a few years later, he's the host of this game show. Where he plays the character Donald Trump, a very successful business person. But again, there was no reveal pre prior to that show. There was no proper anything. And that's because it's all fluff. It's all, it's all hype. You know, there, there is no substance, you know. And even even in the cases where there, a physical thing was built, it was all, it was built with like ulterior motives. You know, like when Trump, Trump built the uh, Taj Mahal, money was obviously being misallocated pretty egregiously right from the get-go. But because they built a physical structure, that, that casino has value. So even if they manage it poorly, run it into bankruptcy, other people will be able to buy it, and he'll be able to retain some level of ownership stake, even though it was his running of the company that ran it into bankruptcy. He's been rewarded for the wrong thing, you know, throughout his life. Because you know, even the beginning with Donald Trump, yes, he had to pay some kind of fine, eventually he had to pay some ba basic level of monetary restitution for the crime, for being racist. But that was it. He also got a lot of fame. You know, he got his name in the papers. He was able to have journalists put a microphone in his face and he was able to say things. And sometimes he got on TV and stuff, you know. So he got publicity. He had to pay a fine for doing things that were engaging in racist actions. But he also got a lot of publicity. And he's, you know, 
continued that theme throughout his life. The racist thing is just, it's, it's, it's an ongoing theme of the, of the Trump story. And for those who are listening and occasionally hear me cough, eventually I'm going to learn how to edit that shit out so it sounds better, so it's not that annoying cough, because smoke a lot, don't drink quite enough water, and then my throat gets a little dry. But I'm talking to the podcast all day. I mean, it's all day, but it's a little while. And the throat gets worse. <laughs> um, where were they? Well, <sighs> well, the year now is 2020, September. The main way I can know that time has truly passed in the last few years is like my kids are getting older and stuff, and flexion, flexion. I see in the mirror, it looks, does it look more haggard? I don't know. Hmm. Getting all this funny. Real fucking funny. It's just it's just frustrating. This this whole time, I mean, this this whole few years. I hope it's just like a learning experience, and people learn to not do the bad thing. That's you know, obvious and clear, and don't do that, no, no, don't fall for Trump, no, no, I know, I know, I heard, I know you heard the thing on the one, yeah, I know, I know, but no, 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 okay, here's the deal, no, he, he's, he's lying to you, Trump's lying to you, okay, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Trump's lying to you, though, okay? I know, I know. <laughs> Is that the way? I don't... Do we, do, we have to, do we have to coddle them? That's okay, Maka. We're, we're still going to be there for you. Don't want to excommunicate you or nothing. You're still Americans, you know. Mel was thinking about this earlier. Like, if, if Trump's not the president... You're in MAGA and you want to go to the MAGA show? Go for it, man. You can still go to the MAGA show. You know, Trump don't need to be the president for you to go to the MAGA show. You want to put on your Trump Make America Great shirt? You Make America Great hat? Crowd a big coliseum. I mean, you know, more so once Corona's over. And you want to listen to Trump talk at you for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, however long? Hey, it's a free country, man. You know, go for it. Why not? You know, more so when the corona's over. If you're going to be doing that during the time when the corona's spreading, you know, please practice social distancing, six foot separation, wear your mask, you know. But hey, even if Donald Trump's not the president, you could still go have your, your fun at the MAGA rally. You know, it's it's a free country. So, you know, you want to put on your, your Trump costumes and stuff and drape yourselves in flags and paint your faces and 
you know, crowd all together and yell, build the wall, build the wall, and lock her up, and lock her up, and woo. Hey, you know, some people dig Insane Clown Posse. They think they're one of the greatest bands ever. I, it, they're not for me, man. You know, I, I don't really get it. I, I just, it's just not really the sound that I dig, but to each his own. So, you know, you're a Trump supporter and you just dig that whole, that whole vibe, you know, just getting into a big crowd of people and screaming at the top of your lungs, build the wall, build the wall. And that, you know, makes you all warm and fuzzy inside, you know, getting excited about building the wall and, and, and chanting that over and over again in, in a big crowd gets you all excited. Oh, cool, man whatever you know <laughs> i mean i don't i'm all for free speech you know and i guess so that's the thing you, you you don't have trump as president anymore that you know the MAGA crowd they can still keep doing what they're doing you, you know it, it, yeah <laughs> you folks want to keep getting together and voicing your opinions go ahead yeah you know, I I apologize ahead of time if, if you're not going to get the majority of the people to go along with you, though. But, yeah, you're more than welcome to keep on doing your thing, you know, even when Trump's no longer the president. You can keep being MAGA if you want. It's a free country, you know. That's what freedom of speech means. So if you want to get in a big crowd and like rush to the stadium all excited because Donald Trump's going to be talking for the next two or three hours, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, whatever, man. You know, life is short. To me, that's not really how I want to spend an afternoon. But hey, you know, I probably have different interests than you. And that's okay. That's all right, man. I I have all I've been around all kinds of people. I have a lot of different I've had a lot of different kinds of friends over the years. Some of them have, have unfortunately already become the late. Yeah. I suppose that was one of the unexpected things about turning, you know. 30-ish, late, even late 20s. You know, people start dying that I know personally. I guess I just had it in my mind as a kid or something that, that the people that I knew that were around my age, that wouldn't be till like I was older or something. I was in my 50s or something. But no, not, not really, you know. I guess it's the more people you meet or something, or I, I don't know. No, there's a... Them stuff, but yeah, you remember know these people, and sometimes I like to just say names of people that I was, you know, good friends with at least one point or another, and were kind to me, and you know, people just had a positive vibe and contributed to this world in some way, and they're just no longer here. The energy is different now that they're gone. Does it get replaced? I don't know. I'd like to think so, but whatever this world is, lots of specific people, they're not here anymore.
but it's like you'll see little flutters of reminders of it's like that energy is still around somehow or something. For the rest of my life, every time I hear a Guns N' Roses song, I'm going to think of one of my fraternity brothers. He passed away a few years ago. Um, just, you know, just, uh, just an awesome person. I mean, when I knew him in college, he was a dean's list student, and he worked full-time at a bank. He eventually became a bank, uh, bank branch manager. While having sleep tattoos, he was a huge Guns N' Roses fan. I don't know how many times you saw him in concert. I remember him telling me once. <laughs> Great. Guns N' Roses could just shit out something and I'd still love it. Or something. Something like that. I can't remember the purpose of it. It was just so perfect. It was like right around the time Chinese democracy was coming out. He, was, he just loved it. He is Mister. It's quite the showing of that funeral, man. There's all kinds of people there. A bunch of the bros showed up from a bunch of different eras and stuff, and it was a uh, good excuse as any of that night to just kind of let it out a little bit, just kind of yeah. The, just the good, good, good energy in this world that isn't here anymore, you know. But it has to go on. Those positive energies would want us to Well, the mind can kind of wander when I start thinking about the people I knew when I was younger and stuff, but I suppose that's, um, yeah, the contemplation of getting older, just want more experience. I really feel like the same person I was as a teenager. It's just I have more years under my belt, which means quite a bit more experience. And there's, it's been pretty, pretty eclectic, I would say, at times, I guess. I don't know. I'm living my own life, so to me, it's just my life. It makes, makes sense to me. At times, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't even make that much sense to me. I don't know how the fuck it looks to other people, but you know, some people know me and be like, "He records a podcast." I never heard him talk before. I'm not really shy. It's just uh, kind of reserved in public, but um, it's fun to just kind of engage in a deep conversation. I'm not very good at small talk. Kind of awkward, so it's. Nice to just jump into things and click with someone on a specific topic. But anyway, where was I? So today's podcast brought to you a little bit by a good amount of Dutch treat today. <laughs> I mean, um, you know. Sometimes it's good when you can, and you got everything kind of sorted out with uh, 
domestic responsibilities to, you know, let go a little bit, ease out. Gotta blow that shit out, man. It's Jamie Foxx. But speaking of those are kind of like multi-talented people, Jamie Foxx is one of those for me. I always love Jamie Foxx. There's been a few movies here that was just like kind of seminal. And then his stand-up. And then he's a great musician, too. And he's a great, uh, great storyteller. He should do like a whole podcast where he just tells his stories about like parties that he threw back in the day. Like P. Diddy would just show up right at the beginning of his career and stuff. And then he first met Kanye. It's just... You should YouTube that sometime. Jamie Foxx telling stories about uh, throwing parties and stuff. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Imagine, I just try to visualize like what it would be like to be at a cool party like that. I mean, I imagine, yeah, there, there'd be a few white people there. But, yeah, they'd be, you know, so I'd be one of the few white people there. And that's cool. That's all right. Be the... I can take it. I think. That'd be a cool party. He said, said once where he's ahead, like, it was like a big old, thump. man, I could have you throw a raging party for like 200 bucks. Because <laughs> he had like a bunch of chicken, and they set up the speakers and the stuff, and he had like, um, just like a little basic party platter type thing. Cleared out the space, made it ready, and boom. And uh, when I was in college, I used to live at this place called The Depot. It's just across the train tracks. And, uh, we had glow-in-the-dark Sigma Nu letters on the ceiling. But we had, like, a party porch. That's where we put the keg. And then uh, the dance floor, we'd, like, clear out all the furniture and stuff and put the speakers on the two ends. And um, my go-to that was pretty easy to just kind of put it in and press play and not have to worry about being a DJ or anything was uh, 2001 Chronic. That was, uh... What is it? Wait, Chronic 2000. Fucking, I'm really that big, Dr. Dre. Anyway, yeah, that's just that opening. But there's a few mixes that we made on CD that worked pretty good. Sometimes we'd even have like a live DJ playing. There'd be a dance floor going, back room, a little kind of possible like drinking game area. You get the party porch with the kegs at, then you got a fire pit in the front area. Um, you know, there was a few of those kind of parties. They were fun. And, you know, they kind of blur together, honestly, now. So it's like, my memory, it's just like one big crazy party that was like the craziest fuck party ever. You know, with some, you know, someone almost got hit by a train. The person like punched a window and the cops came and there was, you know, keg stands and, you know, someone driving through the hills with a, freaking horn on their hood that they just sort of jimmy-rigged on there and then like in like a you know like a Cadillac car like driving over the big these big burned hills and then jumping out with his tooth missing and like like whoa it's just uh and then opened the front door one time and this raccoon was there snarling at me I kind of like glared at him kind of like and i was gonna go at him and the little fucker charged right at me like hey shit man (laughs) 
That was an interesting place to live, man. Post uh, party night. Duh. <sighs> Do not miss that smell. <laughs> like the stale beer and vomit. People pissing everywhere and people like party people literally will just like piss in the corner like they're fucking animals sometimes man it's gross i don't like uh i don't i don't really miss that kind of yeah it's, <laughs> i had that happen once get into my room at the depot one time and buddy's just over in the fucking corner just pissing him in just blackout drunk gee get the fuck out of here man Oh, you fuck! I don't, I don't, I don't miss that kind of stuff. So anyway, I guess that was a long way of saying it's been a, it's been a adventurous ride, I suppose. Thankful I'm still around. Forty years old, still around. Relatively good health, I suppose. I think. I don't know. I haven't gone to check up in a while, but. Seemed fit. I haven't uh, wear my mask every day and all that. Drink plenty of water and vitamins and feel pretty good. But this fucking Trump situation. Hmm. Such a fucking. Such a mind fuck. I find the only way to kind of process it is just to kind of limber off into the kind of surreal whateverness of. Poetic luminous. I don't know. <laughs> Just letting mine venture out a little bit because it, it might allow one to formulate a more cohesive strategy for the masses to overcome this particular situation. So I'm doing my best to kind of, in a long rambling way, and then trying to tie it up at the end there. getting some kind of message out to where we, we got to find a way to unite on this, you know, um, and get that there's some people that are like, well, let, let, let's go with the libertarian technique. I mean, do, if, if you're big on the libertarians, start talking to the MAGA crowd. Try convincing, if you're a libertarian, go after the MAGA. That is your market. You know, what can your close rate be? If your market to try to Convert to the libertarian ticket. What could your close rate be? I guarantee you it ain't zero. I guarantee you it ain't zero. Okay. If you're trying to close the MAGA crowd on the libertarian option, trying to present the libertarian op ticket as an alternative to MAGA, and we're talking devout Trump-supporting folk for three years now, 35 40% strong, the conversion rate is not zero. It's, it's not none. There isn't none that are going to be willing to switch to libertarian and then actually do it. Now, I'm not a proponent of the libertarian ticket. I'm voting Democrat. I'm voting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But one of the ways we can ease the chances of Trump getting reelected is to convince a lot of those MAGA to vote libertarian. Because the libertarian ticket is also a, a worthwhile vote. Enough people vote libertarian. We can have a more viable, reasonable alternative to sort of leftism in the libertarian ticket. It's a little bit more... They're a little bit more adult about it, I guess. They have somewhat a little bit more empathy 
in general. Um, you know, and there's some leadership within the group. And if you're mainly voting on you know minimal taxation, minimal government invent, uh, intervention in business and stuff like that, libertarian—that's like their whole thing. Liberate. So that's their big kind of focus is liberating the economy. So again, not not really my ethos, but and so that's why I don't really think converting the MAGA to the Democrats is is really viable. That's that's I would say that conversion rate is maybe not necessarily zero, but it's that's much closer to zero. Converting some reasonable percentage of the MAGA crowd to the libertarian ticket, I think that's that's one that's a workable goal. Uh, that would be a frustrating goal. You, you know, it's like if you're in sales, make a hundred calls a day. You talk to however many people. You maybe uh, you talked about ten or so. You set up three appointments out of the ten people you talk to. Out of those three appointments that you set up, one person will actually show up. Or it's something that's like it was three people that would show up and one will actually buy the buy the product that you're selling or whatever, you know. Like the more contacts you make, the greater the chance of you know, making the sale in sales and in politics it's, you know, getting the vote, getting that commitment to vote for your option, you know. So it would be nice if some of the people that were, like the people that are big on libertarian, tried, not in an attacky way, the Trump people, but trying to offer, what do you think about the libertarian ticket? Do you know, what, uh, the libertarian ticket's primary focus is cutting taxes and cutting government regulation and stuff, you know. All those sort of small government conservative-minded things that the Republican Party used to kind of chant, but it's kind of harder for them to, you know, say that that's what they're about now, you know. So, we can't get Mr. Trump and his enablers a, a, a second term. That, that's, it. Um, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're into the whole Trump thing and wearing a Trump flag, making America great, and wearing that red hat, you can keep doing that, even if Trump is not the president. Please understand that. You're still legally allowed to do that and all that. In fact, if you want to have a Trump MAGA rally, you know, in after the day after he's, you know, he loses. And no, that, that doesn't mean he gets to still be president. He, he, he'll, his term comes to an end in January. So even in like March, after say he loses, and then he's, you know, he leaves office. Again, I want to make clear, MAGA, you can still go to the MAGA rallies and stuff. You know, he Trump can still tweet and say things. And if the news feels like it's relevant for it to be covered as news, they can still do that. Now he doesn't have the power of the presidency anymore, which is a good thing you know, for the country. But if you're into his message, you can still listen to it. Yeah, like whenever you want. Um, now, that is, of course, unless he gets, con you know, charged with crimes, uh, insurance fraud and accounting fraud, um, or tax fraud, I should say, and uh, as well as uh, campaign finance violations related to his involvement with the uh, paying off of a porn star. Uh, so 
those are crimes that he's possibly committed that hasn't been charged with yet because he's currently the president. So once he's no longer the president, he may very well be charged with those crimes. So there is a pretty good deal of evidence indicating, you know, uh, well, he is innocent until pro being proven guilty. But, you know, if found guilty of those particular crimes, that is, you know, you know, a certain number of years in prison. Is our criminal justice system ready to put a former president in jail for crimes that they have indeed committed? And been convicted of? Well, that's that's certainly another question too. But you know, if it comes to that, and he's actually in, I personally don't think our country could do it. I don't think we have the stomach for it. I think we'd be too worried about you know how it looks. So I think what would be best is uh, once he's no longer in office, is, is if he just uh, if we if we kind of do some kind of arrangement with Russia, where we're like, look. Uh, we're giving him to you, uh, but if because if he stays here, we're gonna have to put him in jail. So you you take him, and he's your fucking problem now. Okay, you wanted him, so now you got him. Okay, so Trump, we're not gonna charge you with any crimes, and you but you have been revoked of your U.S. citizenship. You have abused your power. You know you know these various crimes. You can either face these charges in criminal court, and they'll show all the evidence, but or you can be extradited to Russia. And uh, you know, I think he'll take it. He'll take the Russian option. And then, uh, and then it's a lot of rebuilding for many years. Joe Biden, hopefully, one term. Don't seek a second. Let Kamala Kamala Harris take over. And boom, solid eight years of progressive rule uh, after the our country flirted with fascism for four years you know because i say eight years because it would be kamala harris and then a, a pretty strong progressive candidate as, as vp so it would kind of force it because she's not progressive really it's sort of kind of but it's conservative six years but anyway joe biden boom one term does not seek a second just like uh uh, ba 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 ba. Dang it. Um, yeah, fucking Texan guy after Kennedy, motherfucker. Shit. I hate getting that big that I can't recall certain presidents' names right off the top of my head when I need to. It's very annoying. Dude from Texas, kind of tall, took over after fucking Kennedy. Motherfucking fuck. I hate that. Damn it. Uh, and then Nixon became so the one after <laughs> Kennedy. Before Nixon, Lyndon Johnson, motherfucker. Man, that took way too long. Okay. I will not seek, and I will not accept a second term as president. And so that's what Joe Biden needs to do, and almost and kind of declare it early, allow it to be kind of made clear that Kamala Harris is going to be the new presidential nominee. Yes, a African-American woman. Awesome. Great. Yes, let's do it. Let's make that giant leap forward. Let's get someone that is an adult and, you know, knows how to talk directly to people and how to get things done in a positive way. Yes, yeah, sure. Made mistakes along the way, but human. But, yeah, overall, yes, let's do it. And then, uh, yeah, Trump kind of disappears into the obscurity of uh, Russian propaganda films and... 
that, that's it, you know, and then we can all move forward as a country, MAGA is fine, they, you know, they eventually start, you know, moving on from the Trump thing, and all is forgotten. Sounds good. All right, this is Gary, thinking out loud.